0: Hello and welcome to Double Exposure, a conversation podcast about comparing and contrasting cinema old and new, viewing two films through the same lens. And welcome to the new and improved Double Exposure, Film Club with a Twist. If you were here last week, you realize that we have now changed the format and we're doing a new different thing. We're taking 100 random films and picking two random films from that list of 100 random films and comparing and contrasting both of them together. Today I have my wonderful guest with me, Audra. Hi. Hi, Audra. How are you?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Uh, me too. That's good to hear. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast and uh, getting familiar with the new format. You are familiar with the old format where we picked the films, we curated a little bit more, but now we have no say.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Only, adds- the,
0: only the Google number generator, I'd <laughs> say.
1: It adds a little element of suspense. And I'm into it.
0: Yes. It is terrifying. It is especially terrifying. Especially when this week, our two movies are the beloved, the beautiful, the wholesome, the nostalgic Toy Story, the Pixar film, and a movie that, God, I hope I never have to watch again, to be (laughs) totally honest, uh, Bulletproof by Adam Sandler. Not directed by, but featuring Adam Sandler, which is probably the only way that this movie made money, I think, is the fact that Adam Sandler was in it.
1: Because it wasn't good. No. There was nothing about it that was good.
0: No, and right off the bat when you, you know, when you're watching movies for the podcast around like a theme, you have to think about like how do they how do they combine, you know, after you've watched both films and uh, second episode in, I didn't think I was going to be this stumped, especially with av- how our first episode went. We really found quite a lot of comparisons with our films. Um, so this one may take a, a, a lot more sleuthy uh, digging in with each loose, question.
1: Loose associations.
0: <laughs> right. Very, very loose. As loose as a fifth grader's shoe. Um does that even make sense? As loose as a fifth grader's shoe?
1: I don't know if...
0: As loose as a fifth grader's shoelaces.
1: What I will say is I did, as soon as you said that, I had a visceral memory of a kid playing kickball in my fifth grade class. Oh, nice. And a shoe came off, hit the ceiling. Like, okay, yep. So...
0: I think that I think that works.
1: While I don't know if that's gonna be applicable to everyone, <laughs> it was very applicable yeah. to me. <laughs> I had a distinct memory.
0: So basically, Toy Story is about toys and whenever the humans leave, they come alive or they, they have emotions and they can interact with each other. Mm-hmm. It's a story we all know. We've all grown up on it for literally oh, yeah. so long. And it was kind of it's kind of funny when you compare it with such a small film too. Because it's like, oh, we know this movie, you know, we mm-hmm. we don't need it. It's almost like I didn't even need to rewatch it for yeah. the podcast. It helped rewatching it. But you, it's ingrained in us. It's I mean, like so many cultural references. It's like a household title at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. And the thing about Toy Story, I don't think I had seen it since I was a kid. I think it was a little too heavy for me because I was such a delicate child. Was it
0: Sid? Was Sid too heavy for you?
1: see it's weird because i i absolutely fucked up my toys
0: oh no
1: and so i i don't know why i've read some essays on like torture play very weird um (laughs) but that is just a thing that kids do that is pretty universal everybody knows a kid that does that Mm -hmm. um but i think just the idea of oh, no, they've got to get home. Andy's going to leave. Yeah, right. (laughs) With all this dark stuff happening. I
0: know. They're just getting thrown around, and all of just the worst things are happening, especially within animated films like there's always just problems going on it makes mm-hmm. sense but this feels like a stress ball like yeah. like like a ball of of stress not a stress ball which is like a stress relieving ball a ball of stress <laughs> like a like a, a rubber band mess. ball that just keeps getting added to it and you're like no 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 mm-hmm. no
1: why and i think that i felt that when i was a kid so there's a lot of things that i look back on and i'm like ooh that would have absolutely stressed me out so much, right., um, but it ultimately makes for this really g- great story.
0: Oh, amazing story, great ensemble cast. Yeah. Ultimately, it's about two characters, which mm-hmm. is nice with bulletproof because you've got mm-hmm. relationships of two characters. Mm-hmm. but the ensemble is all is just as memorable as Buzz and Woody, mm-hmm. I think. and I couldn't stop thinking about like the future of Toy Story. like we're on the fourth film now, and like, mm-hmm. you know. All the other following films, it's like, oh man, it's just like knowing how those go and seeing those dozens of times as well. It's just interesting how it all plays out. Um, but what a likable story!
1: It is so good.
0: A really likable story. You know, it's not a likable story. Is bulletproof, which yeah, is probably it's... the craziest story ever.
1: It had the concept had legs, right? Like. This cop betrayed him, and now, but now they're stuck together.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they've got
1: to do the thing, right? Um, that had that had legs as a concept for a comedy, but it just was very poorly put together.
0: Anything past that was kind of up in the air, right? We've got Archie Moses, great name. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, (laughs) really good name. I think they're kind of playing on like the Jewish thing with Adam Sandler. Which is just terrible. Okay. I I agree. <laughs> like I don't even know why they picked that kind of name. Maybe Moses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I have no idea.
1: I have I just don't know. The the thing for me is Adam Sandler is just so far out from like the demographic of Adam Sandler yes. is so different from who I am as a person. Gotcha. And so there would be segments where I think that there is supposed to be jokes. Mm-hmm. There's the scene where he's checking into the hunting cap lodge. Right. And there's homophobic, transphobic jokes. Like, well, I, I call them jokes. He he references things yeah. in a vague way um, that doesn't have joke structure or anything nope. that I think was intended to make an audience laugh. But I'm so detached from what he's trying to sell
0: Exactly, right? Like the, like the purpose is too long lost, like two like broken broken friendship or friendship has been broken by distrust and they're kind of trying to build it back together. They're mm-hmm. forcibly trying to build it back together. Yeah.
1: One's a cop and one right. one's a, a convict yeah. that was that was betrayed by this cop.
0: But there's so many plot holes and so many things that just don't work like they're trying to function as this comedy and putting that forth but then they have to also bring forth the story and everything too Mm -hmm. so really the story just completely falls flat compared to toy story that clearly has a motive right of the problem they are gone from their owner and with this it's they're kind of just like piecing it together it's almost like the like, the movie is just going so quickly that it's just trying to stop. <laughs> it's just like, well, if we just do this quick enough and wrap it up, we'll be done and we can get it out there.
1: Yeah. For Toy Story, our two protagonists who can't get along. Right. Um, We know what their goal is. Like, Woody's goal, he's got to get back to Andy. Yep. Um, Buzz's goal, he thinks he's got to get back into space. Right. Until... Things happen. Yeah.
0: If you haven't <laughs> seen Toy Story. <laughs> oh
1: God, watch Toy Story if you haven't seen it. Um but for Archie and Keats?
0: Ke- yeah, and like Rocky was, at one point. Yeah. He's got like Rocky. two diff- two or three different names.
1: Mm-hmm. For um Adam Sandler and the cop, the yep. person playing the cop. Um The guy
0: from White Chicks. Yes. Yep. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Anywho. Um <laughs> but. I don't know, like, the goal is. I don't want to get arrested, and I gotta do my job, mm-hmm. which are far, far less strong motivations right. for a specific action. Exactly. They're just generally how I do my life. Is I don't want to get arrested. Definitely. Um, but it's a less clearly communicated thing. Of if I get to this location, right, I won't get arrested. If I acquire this evidence to prove my innocence. Mm -hmm. I won't get arrested. Um, So the motivation of why they're doing anything, very muddled.
0: Very muddled. Not very clear whatsoever. So within these two films, we have quite a few. I I would say, definitely in Toy Story, a lot of big names. I mean, like Tom Hanks.
1: Mm -hmm. um, Tim Allen. Tim
0: Allen. The guy from Princess Bride. Who plays the dinosaur? Mm-hmm. There's like and other notable names. I don't know them off the top of my head, but like they're actors that have been around for a while and that were kind of in their prime during this as well. Which is a classic thing for a Pixar movie. They like to take whoever is pretty popular then and bring him into, mm-hmm. you know, just into the zone, into where, yes, like a new thing or something or like a very popular thing. So obviously, Tom Hanks shines greatly in this. Oh, I really yeah. I mean in, in in an animated film you're not technically supposed to like it, I feel like it might be a bad thing if you know who the actor is, you know? I feel like it what they try to aim for is they're creating this character, but some mm-hmm. people it's inevitable like you're like, "Oh, I know that voice."
1: Yeah, when Obviously. you see Tom Hanks, you know who Tom Hanks is. Right. So there could be a little bit more of a separation intended. Right. But I think there is something to be said for big names in this scenario that just got Tom Hanks. <laughs> I know. Like, Tom Hanks makes me feel like a warm him. cookie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I, you just want to hug him. Do you mm-hmm. ever see his um, Mr. Rogers movie? Won't You I Be My didn't. Neighbor?
1: I should have.
0: Oh, it was just...
1: I loved Mr. Rogers growing up.
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah. My girlfriend weeped. She weeped. Not that it was, I mean, it is sad, but it's just, like, so kind. Wholesome? So wholesome. The most kind human being ever. And Tom Hanks was that. And I feel like he carries that through all the way. And it's weird saying performance again because it's, like, it's an animated movie, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not, They're like, it's weird to think. vocal
1: performance.
0: Vocal performance is good. He
1: communicated so much in the way that he, in the way that he, performed vocally mm, and so did point. tim allen got some problems with tim allen and his views and beliefs his vocal performance in this was exceptional because he has like a really dark time um where he finds out oh no i am a toy yes he vocally oh gosh. acts he vocally acts an existential crisis very well as <laughs> like as a plastic toy yeah. <laughs> with a light up like laser bracelet yes. that's just a little red light, but he vocally performs this.
0: Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's really heartbreaking how he does it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love, love when that when it changes, when that tone shifts and you feel the kind of the the darkness in his voice and the more gravelly subdued, you know, Buzz Lightyear, or Tim Allen. And mm-hmm. it's really, really sad.
1: Like it's, this is over. Exactly. My, my life isn't what it, what I thought it was in right. any way.
0: Ex- beautiful Ugh. emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all choked up over here over mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear. And, and
1: then he <laughs> finds out about friendship. Yeah. So it's worth it. No. <laughs> life isn't what he thought, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth anything.
0: And then on Ugh. the opposite side of the spectrum, I cried over the fact that I had to watch Bulletproof. Like I like Toy Story makes you like happy sad, and then bulletproof just makes you angry sad like why, why are we having to go through this mm-hmm. as soon as Adam Sandler in the first like five minutes made fun of uh, a
1: <gasps> oh my God, the ableist jokes, yeah, I just couldn't handle. I it. couldn't
0: do it i I was like.
1: I almost turned it off and texted you that we have to pick a different
0: movie. I honestly probably would have said yes. I think we watched it close to around the same time, too. I think we were just like like an hour and a half off from each other. So I would have probably been like, yeah, but, you know, we followed through. We followed through because that's not what we have to talk about. It's a different time. It's a terrible mistake that they made, and they shouldn't have done it. Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler, how dare you? But, hey, here's the thing. He was really bad in this movie. They both were. There wasn't a single performance that I was like, you know, that was pretty good. Maybe the action at the beginning, mm-hmm. that was very, like, John Woo-esque, who's just a ridiculous director, who does the craziest explosion movies. It was almost like they brought him in, and they had all these really great physical performances of people flipping and, you know, all getting shot. Yeah, and all the shooting, the and their skin getting torn off by a 9-millimeter bullet. <laughs> Really good.
1: The dog was pretty good. The dog was nice.
0: <laughs> hey, there's a connection. <gasps> Toy Story. The Bull, bull, bull Terrier? Terriers. Two like Bull the, Terriers. The
1: rounded s- yep. snoot.
0: The rounded snoots were doing good. There are yes. two Bull Terriers in one in each film. Yes. Okay. There's one thing. <laughs> oh shit.
1: <laughs> Carve it in stone. We can't forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> any favorite? You got any favorite performances? Anything that really stood out to you? You know.
1: I would probably just say the dog. Everyone yeah. else technically showed up on set. They did, <laughs> they did. <laughs> they I would they say, were there. <laughs> I would say the best performance of this film would be the commercial for the car salesman. Yes, <laughs> with Can.
0: Yes, he did great. Mm-hmm. I did like that commercial. It was, mm-hmm. and it was, it was kind of like a nice repetition aspect each time, where they're just like, "Man, we we with, hate that guy
1: with two cars in the driveway." Two
0: cars in the driveway. Very American, you know, mm-hmm. with the nice. Uh, Amber Waves of Grain in the background. Oh, very yeah. Very good, very good.
1: So I'd also add him to the list of good performances in that commercial.
0: Right, exactly. And, you know, with performances comes a whole different spectrum of how did these films visually tell a story? Like, in what way did these films, you know, obviously we've got some that lackluster performance-wise. So to you, Audra, how do you think... uh Toy Story visually told its, its story.
1: I think with an animated film, you have a lot of options because you're creating everything from scratch. The yep. visual thing that sticks out to me most would be the difference between Andy's house and S- Spikes the dog. Sid. Sid. Yes. Oh. Andy's yes. house and Sid's house. Just the, the vibe that they have animated for both houses that are right next to each other. Yes. And should be like mirror images, but... They really reflect the darkness and the lightness. Um, absolutely loved that. Also, the idea of so close and yet so far shown in that yep. is exceptional. They do travel outside of that in order to go to Pizza Planet. Oh,
0: that is—I think Planet. that's my favorite. My favorite scene is when they go to Pizza Planet. It's so sick. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I like every kid had a Pizza Planet, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was like going to those. Um, I think in, te- in Colorado Springs here, it was this uh, this place called Mr. Biggs back in the day. And mm-hmm. it, was, it to me, mm-hmm. it was like that. So when I was a kid and I was watching Toy Story, I'm like, oh, that's equivalent to this fun place that I had. Mm-hmm. And I, you imagine that and you kind of get into the shoes of all the, the kids playing and having a good time and like kind of in this other world.
1: Yeah. I and love it,
0: it. I love that area they create.
1: Yes. And with specifically with the claw machine, it expands our lore. We get to see that these toys, if they're made the same and they're together, they will kind of hive mind.
0: (laughs) Hive mind (laughs) and kind of
1: make this like (laughs) cult. Because if you're developing your toy consciousness in a place where you have such limited visibility and all you can see is people that look exactly like you, you're gonna get a little culty. Right. And I really loved. I really loved how they framed some of the shots from there because it was almost like this deity hand coming from the sky. Yeah, right. And the like pulling on Buzz to try to get him out of the claw machine.
0: Exactly the realization, like, oh man, he's gonna recognize Buzz. He's gonna see Buzz. Please don't see him. Please don't see him. Oh my gosh, the fort, like, like when you already have the knowledge of the movie and you know how things go, but then you haven't seen it in a while and you kind of visually anticipate, especially with an <laughs> animated movie. You've, like I remember a lot of the shadows within the whole movie. Mm-hmm. like The shadows when they're kind of in the first scenes when they're just about to meet Buzz. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the very distinct shadows of the army men in the parachute jumping down to spy on yes. the party. I, when I was a kid, I just thought of that. And when I was rewatching it, I was like, I feel an emotional connection to these shadows right now <laughs> for some reason. They're just so dark. You know, like absurdly dark than what Pixar does today. But mm-hmm. really, really distinct.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, as a kid, and because we were so much earlier on in animation, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how poorly the people were animated. Yes. It's a little distracting compared to how amazing the toys look.
0: Yes, they look so good. And they, they, did, they have gotten better with the people as time oh, has gone yeah. on. yeah. Absolutely. But it kind of makes sense that they like... Like, they, they're just like, oh, we don't really know how to do <laughs> that yet. We're mm-hmm. just going to show the feet.
1: Yeah. We'll show them a little bit here, a little bit there. Yep. But with the toys, they are, like the house is creating this world from scratch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: these are toys, a cowboy toy. Right. Like, this is a concept we have in our head, but it's not the same as, that's not how a knee bends.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, those
1: are the... Idea of cowboy toy. Exactly. Be represented. How a toy
0: moves and like mm-hmm. the fluidity of a toy and, you know, their anatomy and whatever. Like it's very different because mm-hmm. they're limited to whatever product they're made out
1: of. Yeah. And they can be interpreted a little bit more loosely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Than
1: like how a human moves. Right. We see this every day. We don't see toys move on their own every day. <laughs> right. We don't know what that looks like. It's up to Pixar to tell us what that looks like.
0: Right. They're visually in charge right now. This is their first movie, which is crazy. This is oh. the first Pixar movie.
1: I might have known that, but I also wouldn't have been able to pluck that fact It's kind of
0: crazy thinking about that, given where they are now, where they're putting an average like, about one a year, sometimes two a year. Mm-hmm. And the level that they're at now is just astonishing.
1: What year?
0: Did Toy Story come out? Yeah. 95. 95. 95! 1995. 95! I was two. I was not even born, actually. I was negative two.
1: <sighs> I was one year old.
0: Jeez. That's crazy.
1: So, it's been... Yeah, it's been a while. It's like 25 years. Animation has gone a long way.
0: <laughs> long way. You know, I think... <laughs> I think we're just dreading talking about Bulletproof, and so <laughs> we're just talking about Toy Story, um, mm-hmm. which I uh, is, is true. <laughs> I've been exposed. Bulletproof didn't visually tell a story. I mean, it was really cool at the beginning when there was really cool flashes of light and stuff, but visually this movie was not able to come to life within its storyline, so then it doesn't make you pay attention to it visually. If the story is not catering to it like Toy Story is, then you're not going to notice all of the nice visual pieces. Not that there's anything nice to notice about Bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It's not
1: a particularly aesthetic movie. That's not really what they were going for.
0: Not at all. Oh, not at all. I think there's a lot of smoky shots. Mm-hmm. Very, very. The 90s smoke, you know, it just looked like someone just huffed a cigar for like half an hour and they were like, all right, come on in and film. <laughs> Real quick, come on, come on.
1: Um, a couple of things I noticed is they specifically did like the love montage.
0: Oh yes, with so the beat with the R and B beats. Mm-hmm. Yes, a very R and B kind of thing. Going yeah. Yeah.
1: And so they did communicate to me these two characters have fallen in love. I was a little confused when oh, like that much time has gone by. They're like in love now.
0: Yeah, they're living together. Yeah. That was yeah. That was. Unbelievable.
1: When they were driving through the woods, avoiding, like, I don't know, things, trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They did, like, some comedic, like, camera switches. It's like, oh, we're turning the car fast. Oh, we're turning the car fast. Um, So I did did appreciate those things, like, in an attempt to communicate these things to me as a viewer.
0: Uh, That's more than I found. (laughs) Way more. I can't. I'm, like, over here, like... Oh, yeah, it was really cool. and they no, i do I even remember when they did that? Like I watched this movie <laughs> last night. it was this movie to me felt like they were just trying. it was trying so quickly to just stop and erase itself like, oh no, we're too far ahead. Uh, oh, shoot, I guess this is a movie. Let's just hurry up really, really quick and and just kind of mm-hmm. butcher everything. And so yeah.
1: a lot of yeah. things did happen mm-hmm. that if structured out a little bit better or communicated a little bit better the premise had legs. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, the premise could have worked if it were just a little stronger on all counts.
0: Exactly, absolutely. How do you think these films, as far as, like, reflecting in modern society and, like, aged, you know what I mean? How, how, how have they done? Obviously, Toy Story's done pretty well, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, because I think, especially since so many of us watched this when we were kids, like, the idea... The idea of an existential crisis Mm -hmm. was introduced to (laughs) us. It was just laid. And we
0: had no clue.
1: Mm -hmm. And so now when we're experiencing these things, going back as an adult and watching watching Buzz say, "Mm, life isn't what I expected, but that doesn't mean that there's not something beautiful to be found and to be fought for. Mm -hmm. That really speaks to, I think, every person with a soul. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right.
1: It, it's just mm, beautiful.
0: I, I love how much it's aged because it in any kind of Pixar f- movie, you're going to find a theme.
1: Mm-hmm. You're going to
0: find something that caters to the adults too. Like with the newest Pixar movie, Soul.
1: Oh, it, yeah. It
0: very much is – it's all about death, and it's super dark. And if anything, like it's introducing kids to that. But you don't realize that these movies were just giving away – the same, or er, these movies were basically just telling us like similar things, just earlier on. But you just don't realize it until you're older, you know. Mm-hmm. So these self, these like you know like life crisis moments that we have, you know, me in my twenties, like yeah, I've had them. Where I'm just like, what, what am Quarter I? Life what am I doing? Quarter is life what they, crisis is what I've heard. Mine's coming up.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that since this was the first Pixar movie, mm-hmm. they started with that yeah, with this idea. Heavy. Of whether they planned to or not, or they just wanted to write a good story, Mm -hmm. Um, Pixar has really introduced some heavy themes to kids in a really palatable way. So that when they are adults, I I think I'm more equipped Mm, to handle certain things because I was introduced to them a little bit earlier.
0: Right. And there, there's, a, like, a nice repetition factor to Pixar movies because kids like watching animated movies because mm-hmm. they like the characters, they appeal to them, they're cute, yep. they're funny, they make mm-hmm. them giggle. Yeah, they don't really know what they're saying half the time, but it's like, oh, I like the way he does that, it's funny, you know? And then in it, like, it just ages so well. Literally mm-hmm. every movie, you just learn something from it, you mm-hmm. know? And this one a lot for me was, like, the idea of, like, feeling like, like kind of your own entitlement to things and like letting that down, you know, like
1: oh my yeah. to
0: just be entitled to this thing yeah. all the time, you know?
1: And Woody kind of interacts with his fear of like, Buzz has to learn that he's not a spaceman mm-hmm. and Woody has to learn that it's okay if he's not the number one toy.
0: Right. Definitely.
1: Like these are two things that are very important for them as toys mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to learn, but are also really applicable to humans who are developing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think if anything, like our society is like could be more aware of just like knowing who you are in like a mental health standpoint. We could definitely be more aware. Oh, but yeah. we have also like progressed over many, mm-hmm. many years, you know, with so many resources available. So the fact that like you can go back and look at the very first Pixar movie and just kind of sit with yourself and be like, hmm. What are things that I just need to stop being a bitch about? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like yeah, from day yeah. one, they're trying to teach yeah, me how to be a day better person. One. It's exceptional. <laughs> it's
0: awesome. Every single movie I feel like has done that really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm. For bulletproof. I could go with a friendship. Yeah. Because ultimately
0: I I can't I yeah, I can't say there's like it's like hard with this one because yeah, friendship's mm-hmm. a big one.
1: Because even in the end, they trusted each other. Right. It came down to they did build a bond. They trusted each other. They did care for each other through, even even though they went through whatever they went through. Yeah, Betrayal. we're not quite sure what
0: it was. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't well, really get to see all of that, what we went through.
1: Mm-hmm. They betrayed each other. In, yeah, In each other's opinions, they both betrayed each other.
0: Right, but it was it miscommunicated. Archie didn't mm-hmm. mean to shoot him, you know? Mm-hmm. he A 30-ton crane knocked into him, and he accidentally shot Keats? Keats. Rocky? Rocky Keats? Yeah, I, yeah, one of those things.
1: So I would say, after it all, they did build a friendship, yep. and they found that out.
0: I think so too. I think if we just kind of leave it at the friendship thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, I think that's what it achieves. It achieves friendship. It also gives an idea of what it's like to be abandoned by a friend. If that's ever happened to you, I'm sorry. It's definitely happened to me before. So I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that sucks, and not having any closure within it too. Like mm-hmm. they're just and they're you know so angry, it's hard to talk about. You're just so bitter.
1: Because there is that layer of caring so deeply. Right. And then having it ripped.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And as far as like age and like modern society reflected, I think it's very clear that we don't make we don't make ableist jokes anymore. No. At all. And that it doesn't fly and it doesn't sit well and it's not funny anymore. It's like truly not funny, which is really important. Very, very important to realize that this movie really hasn't aged well.
1: Yeah. In a, quite a few ways. Friendships forever. The types of jokes that Adam Sandler made in this film.
0: Never. Nope. They <laughs> <laughs> die very quickly. Yep. Very, very, very quickly. Back into what like we were talking about with each theme of it. What do you think was like the aim of each of these movies? Like What were they trying to get at? We kind of already touched on it, but can you go mm-hmm. deeper on what you think Toy Story is really trying to get at with its audience?
1: Just because things are different from what you thought doesn't mean they're bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you can find something even more beautiful in this harmony with the people you're surrounded by and that care for you. Um, Cause we saw that in Sid's toys, Sid's toys cared for each other. And then in the new, in the new house with Andy, there are both spaceship and cowboy things everywhere. Yep. And maybe both together is even more fun for, for the kid that right, you're a toy. of. Right.
0: For the kid. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like a, that's a great, great point. Like, in the end, they kind of have to rid of their own, like, in the moment thoughts, like these selfish mm-hmm. thoughts. So it tells you, the viewer, like, okay, think about what this thing is going to do for this person that mm-hmm. I'm doing, right? Like, like they're toys. They're like basically, this is their job in a weird way. Not that there's mm-hmm. any kind of, uh, you know, there's not currency. a salary, there's yeah, not there's a
1: compensation not. plan. Right, exactly.
0: It's not a nine-to-five kind of thing. It's kind of whenever the kid chooses to wake up and start playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the old nine-to-five got to five gotta get <laughs> t- tossed around by this toddler. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. But it is kind of like a, oh, like like you kind of have to put yourself away in the position of a toy, you know. But it makes sense when you are used to the same routine over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, how do you get used to a new routine?
1: Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot of like stripping away, like you said, the selfishness of I am a spaceman or I am the favorite toy and it's Andy's enjoyment is what matters.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like Andy is my kid.
0: Yeah. In the end, you all have his name on your foot. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, like like you guys get that, and I love that. That's such a big theme in the second movie too, where they're mm-hmm. like, it's like such a big deal. Is you know? that
1: the one? I have a that's very they paint it. Yes, that's the it's distinct the guy. memory, the most distinct Toy Story memory I have is the painting over Andy on the foot.
0: Yes, and when he's and sewing him up. Yeah. Yes, and I
1: was just like, I'm so happy you're fixing him, but also. <laughs> no. <laughs> Andy's name is on his foot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please don't paint that over that, please. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd say those are pretty strong takeaways. And I I would agree. I mean, yeah, what is it like to just be replaced? But, like, how can you just deal with that? I think, obviously, in any Pixar movie, like we said, you're going to have a kind of takeaway, and you could dive into what, like, philosophical notes it's going to have. And I think, like, especially within the newer films, there's, like, a lot of more, like, philosophy within it. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's just kind of life lesson-y. Do the right thing. Like, just brush yeah. it off for now, you know? Kind of basic mm-hmm. stuff. M- a little more, like, basic in there. Because I feel like like in the last few seasons of Pixar, they've gotten really dark with the death thing. Like, they've really gone oh, far with the yeah. death thing. And so they're, like, starting it off pretty, like, throwing a pretty big bowling ball uh, yep. for, for this one, but, like, not as big as the ones they're throwing now. They're, they've got the biggest bowling. Indiana Jones yeah. boulder <laughs> yeah. coming down. Coming down. <laughs>
1: If I was gonna pull a takeaway from Bulletproof, okay be honest with each other from the very start. <laughs> just just be open and honest with people and you'll save a lot of you'll save a lot of troubles.
0: You'll make a better <laughs> movie too. <laughs> a way better <laughs> movie. The movie will be really good if your characters like are honest with each other and you can actually show that. Mm-hmm. Which is true.
1: And while I understand that the the point of the movie is to be a comedy movie, um but also, that doesn't mean that you can't have a strong narrative story in there,
0: right? That's mm-hmm. my takeaway: is that this movie just wanted to be a funny comedy that makes a good, good, but like has like a cheap budget, makes a good buck at the box office because people think it's funny for its time. Everyone mm-hmm. knows it's bad and they'll go see it once, but the p- the trailer will be hilarious. Mm-hmm. The trailer was probably amazing.
1: Yeah. Because it was
0: probably every single funny moment from the movie, which is about two minutes.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Rough. Rough. But be honest with each other. Yeah. It's okay to care for your friends. Yeah. You don't have to put up this tough guy stuff.
0: You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. You
1: just be soft, cuddly.
0: I know. Yeah. <laughs> you can have emotions. I feel like this movie is like anti emotion, very anti emotion. Mm-hmm. I like thinking of it, like, I don't even know what the aim of this movie was. Like, in any of these.
1: To make money in the box office by being an Adam Sandler comedy. Exactly.
0: Part. Like that. And that frustrates me, I think. This is a movie. That I shouldn't get angry at, but I—I I mean, w- for good reason, I should be just given some of the pretty offensive jokes. But mm-hmm. just from the sake of just movies in general, it's completely destroying what cinema should be. Like it's mm-hmm. it—it's only goal is financially to make something right. But it's like, who is this catered to? It's spe- like like you know, almost how many years now? Almost th- like thirty in a few years, right? So I think we're. Yeah, like 25 years I think this movie came out. Something like that, which is crazy. Like, who is it for? What was the goal? You mm-hmm. know, purposeless movies to me make me mad because there's so many movies being made and movies being made at this time that didn't get the recognition that this got that are ma- being made with purpose.
1: Yeah, and I have such a soft spot in my heart for comedies. Mm-hmm. I love good comedy. Yeah, you do. Um, And I could see so many ways that with a stronger plot, Stronger jokes, actual mm-hmm. jokes, um, and some stronger comedic performances. Yes, the premise of this movie I would watch. Yes, if everything else about it was different.
0: Yes, <laughs> what are some other like movies that you can think of that have not aged well? Do you think
1: there's one movie I loved when I was a kid, and I watched it recently, and it's garbage? Cutthroat Island. That's not oh, for anything. Yes. Not for anything offensive, but. Ooh! Just I bad. loved it when I was a kid, and it was not good.
0: One for me that is very offensive is The Ringer with Johnny oh my, Knoxville.
1: Gosh, how did I not remember that? Yep.
0: Holy shit!
1: Mm-hmm. That is
0: it. When I was a kid, it was like this is so <laughs> funny, and, and it's then you have so em-
1: empathy bad, and then <laughs> yeah,
0: and then I grew empathy within my heart. It it's so bad, like it's terrible how. Like I, it, it's it's aged probably one of the worst for me, and mm-hmm. it's just so difficult to watch. Like imagine, like I hurt when Adam Sandler did that. Yeah, imagine hurting for like an hour and, and a half, the
1: entirety of the, the film, the
0: entire thing. Oof. In any movie, you have a large amount of detail within the soundtrack and the vocal performance. Obviously, with Toy Story, the vocal performance is a key part of it,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, you've got a friend of me, mm-hmm. by Newman is just so timeless it will always be amazing that for me like i just get so happy whenever it comes on like i just can't wait in that movie to listen to it within the soundtrack it's just Mm -hmm. it it fits perfectly
1: that's the song that i think back on and remember but as i was watching this all of the films were that kind of low-key jaunty Mm -hmm. like yeah, I just want to wiggle a little bit. Yep. And they have an underlying spirit of feeling like you're a kid playing in your bedroom. So the soundtrack is absolutely exceptional. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> it, it Oh, it's so nice. And it's it is really nice when a movie, like, it's obviously banking on a lot visually, especially for this time, I'm sure. Like, obviously, Toy Story looks a little rough now compared to what they're doing Mm -hmm. now. But I think for back then, it looked amazing. Like, you know, and it's it's hard to know because you're just so used to seeing, like, just like this just crazy, super hyper realistic Mm -hmm. animation right now. So it's hard to think about how it was groundbreaking back then as movies are, you know, going on right now. It just kind of, you know, everything is just tweaked year by year. So it's really hard to see details unless you jump back but the audio it'll always just be so good Mm -hmm.
1: i heard someone say something that the first thing that did something groundbreaking looking back it never looks groundbreaking because we've now built everything on that yep we have built pixar has built everything on toy story yes and so now what was groundbreaking then that's just how we do it
0: Mm -hmm. totally agree That's a really good point. That's really cool. Yeah, like I said, I think, especially in the vocal performances, how Pixar still manages to get great actors for the time being, you know? That was one thing that really stuck out to me was how they were able to convey such emotion in a toy, Mm -hmm. right? And and those
1: voices were those toys. Yes, it was, and they always
0: will be. They Mm -hmm. always will be. It has aged so well. Whenever you see those toys, you just think of that. Like... I mean, yeah, Tom Hanks will always be Woody. You'll always think of that voice. It'll be nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really interesting. They're making um, a Buzz Lightyear origin story movie. They're,
1: I it, didn't know that. It's
0: coming soon. I. It's either, soon? I'm pretty sure it's How a movie. How soon is soon? Like, within the next year and a half or two.
1: Okay, okay. And do you want to know
0: who's playing Buzz Lightyear?
1: Who?
0: It's Chris Evans. Hmm. It's, but here's the thing. Buzz Lightyear is a toy, right? And it's like he like he realizes in the first movie that he's just a toy, that none of this is real. So I think it's funny where it's just like, oh, he's just from a manufacturing plant, but there's like an origin story. So maybe it's like the origin story of like the character Buzz Lightyear.
1: Yeah. So they- that's
0: where I'm confused as how they're going to do it. And it's just an entirely different voice and maybe they'll try and just replicate it as like a younger Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: And I'm going to watch it. I'm skeptical, but I'm going to watch it.
0: Oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch anything Pixar puts out. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't even know there, if it's Pixar. It's got to be Pixar. It's got
1: to be. It's got to be. But if it is, Pixar has such a track record mm-hmm. that I'll I'll watch anything they make for a good long while. Yep. They'd have to mess up so many times Yep. for me to not trust a couple hours to to them.
0: Yep. I totally agree they'd really have to mess up i think like i can't really think of what their worst movie is for a lot of people their worst movie is cars mm-hmm. which hurts me deeply i
1: didn't hate cars i
0: love cars cars sits with me like like an old friend
1: i i like cars only because of owen wilson
0: <laughs> no just cuz he is pretty great now. yeah who's well, the other one
1: uh, Larry the Cable guy. Yes, <laughs>
0: that's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Larry the cable guy. that's th- the only reason that I knew about him was from this from was from cars.
1: I wouldn't rank it super highly in my list of um, Pixar films. I would not rate it as low as most people.
0: Mm-hmm. okay.
1: We just had a in my house we had a soft spot for it.
0: Yeah, oh, same We
1: watched it a lot.
0: yep. oh, watched it like every weekend at my house all mm-hmm. the time. It was a part of me. Now Mm -hmm. Cars Two on the other hand, that movie can go to hell. That movie is terrible.
1: You mean you don't like Porsche?
0: (laughs) Porsche no, I hate Porsche. I hate that they tried to go to Europe and do this cool inventive thing and they just lost me. Like they should just they should have just they honestly, I think they would have been good if they just kept cars at what it is. If they didn't continue to make more. Cars Mm -hmm. three was fine, kind of, not really. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: Cars Two is just the biggest disappointment.
1: We're not connecting cars <laughs> to proof. No, we're not. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. As much as
1: I love your impassioned.
0: I know. <laughs> I'm
1: I've got a sub- goal in my heart.
0: <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You've got these two films. They're sitting in your box, and you're moving, right? You're moving. You're going away, and they're sitting in your box. But the box is so heavy. It's like incredibly heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, and you mm-hmm. have to take one of the movies out. Like, and you're putting this box. It's like the final box that you're putting in the station wagon. You know, like you're you're driving off, and if it's too heavy, then you might have to put it. You know, you might you might have to get a separate moving truck or something, and and you there's might have to leave the limits. whole box behind. There's too. weight
1: limits, so you have to make this type right. Of choice. Right,
0: and man. there's two movies in the box, and coincidentally, Bulletproof and Toy Story are in the box. And you have to take one of them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Which one are you going to take out?
1: Oh, I'm obviously taking out Bulletproof. Yeah, I'm
0: taking Bulletproof out too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, you just can't compete with Toy Story.
0: Nope, you can't. So- There's Sorry. no argument. There's literally no argument. If, you were tr- if you're going to tweet at us right now, listeners, with an argument, I'd like to see it. I really would like to see how in the world you could pick Bulletproof over Toy Story. Is it yeah. any question? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. It's zero question. Which brings us to the question we've been trying to get at this whole time. Can we view these two random films through the same exact lens? Are we able to do it? Have we achieved it? What are the things that connects them?
1: We've ragged on Bulletproof quite a bit, but yep. I do think there is a solid argument in two people or toys who do not get <laughs> along for some reason— who are bound together for some reason. Right. To get to a goal. Okay. Like, unlikely duo must achieve end goal. Right. Ends up being friends, is what I would say is wow. is the connection between these two. They start out different. They're going through different things along mm-hmm. the way. But, but it is
0: similar, yeah.
1: Two people who don't get along must travel together.
0: Right, yes. The hard road traveled. The Friendship Road. It's kind of, <sighs> you know, yeah, you know, The Friendship Road. It's kind of like a, like a, definitely like a buddy film in a way too. Mm-hmm. Bulletproof doesn't have like the core ensemble, like the like the support that Toy Story has, you know, like yes. all these friends to come back to in a community to thrive in and a mm-hmm. community to create their friendship in. They kind of just like go their respective ways. Like Archie just kind of goes into crime and, you know, Rocky mm-hmm. Keats, Cop Man just kind of goes the other way. And they
1: both they both do end up down in Mexico, I guess.
0: Oh they do. That's right. Oh my <laughs> so gosh, they do.
1: They they're just up to their old tricks.
0: Old just tricks in
1: a new locale.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and in Toy Story, they're up to they're not up to their old tricks. They're gone with their old tricks and they've learned to combine with each other. So I think I think we can kind of see yeah. them in the same lens. I, I think we're really that lens is very big.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's pretty it is pretty broad, but it's two two people who don't get along must travel together for an, an for an end goal right and yeah. eventually become friends.
0: Oh, that's pretty nice. It's mm-hmm. nice when I think about Toy Story because anytime I think about friendship and Toy Story, it's nice. The, mm-hmm. I don't really say a when I think of yeah. bulletproof. We
1: can we can <laughs> go with our final connection being Bull terriers. Bull
0: terriers. That, that's amazing. <laughs> that's kind of amazing. It's kind of genius that that mm-hmm. Google picked these, you know, because there's two bull terriers. How often do you see a bull terrier in a movie? See, Not often. I don't
1: see them much. Little rascals, maybe? Yeah. Was wish, no, Wishbone wasn't a bull terrier. It was little rascals. Yeah.
0: That's it. I'd that's say, the core. That's the core. It's the dogs. It all mm-hmm. comes back to the dogs.
1: It all comes back to the dogs. Spike and whatever that other dog's name was. (laughs) Don't know if they told us.
0: It just wasn't memorable enough to know the dog's name. (laughs) Thank you, Audra, for coming on. It was a joy to talk about Toy Story.
1: (laughs) It was an absolute joy.
0: (laughs) And And Bulletproof, sorry. mm -hmm. And Bulletproof, of course.
1: I did enjoy finding some nuggets. yeah. Some good nuggets there.
0: It's fun to do that, with, and especially when it's so randomized. It's with a film that I probably would have never watched if oh, it no. weren't for this podcast. I really would have never stumbled upon it. I didn't even know about it until.
1: Mm-hmm. But I've consumed another story.
0: Yes. Yes. And that's great. I'm happy for you in that. Is there anything <laughs> that you've been working on lately that you would like to talk about?
1: Oh, yeah. I am on a podcast called Gate Leapers which, Bear, you've been on an episode of. I have. Absolutely super fun. It's a pop culture panel game, so we'll do quizzes and different challenges all based on a specific fandom. If you enjoyed hearing me speak, and as well, Bear, you should enjoy Bear, um, <laughs> you can check us out, Gate Leapers, on wherever you get your podcasts and at Gate Leapers on Twitter.
0: Nice, nice. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so Audra, with each episode, we take away two films, but, because mm. I, I, I know, Ugh. oh, Toy Story, goodbye. You can get the hell out of here, Bulletproof. I don't give a shit.
1: I you took get out that of here. bullet
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for
1: another, for one of your I, future guests.
0: Yeah, I, in fact, not Bulletproof from that film. <laughs> that That is true. So they're gone. They're out of here. So sad. But, because I want this list to stay at 100, we have to have two more. And what are the two films you're bringing on?
1: Um, I wanted to do a comedy okay. and, like, Either a drama or an action. Okay. Um. So I have decided one of them is accepted.
0: Accepted. Okay.
1: It's an like not super old, but it's a comedy where a kid doesn't get accepted to college, so he has to fake a college.
0: Oh, nice. Um, good. But things
1: get out of hand.
0: Oh, um, great. Out of your very right
1: good early Jonah Hill. Oh, it's, good. <laughs>
0: it's, oh, let's go. <laughs> I really liked
1: it. There's some stuff that I'd change now, but nice. less than bulletproof. Um,
0: Accepted. Okay. And the next one?
1: The next one, I'm going to go for John Wick.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. I wanted to go for, like, very different vibes.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen any of them, so <gasps> that that is really, really mm. great. Oh, sweet. I great pick.
1: I thoroughly enjoyed them, like, in the theater because of all the gunshots. Yeah. Um, I did have to plug my ears through <laughs> most of the action sequences. But John Wick is just a solid film. I love pro wrestling, and so I love a lot of the extended action sequences that oh, are more sweet. choreographed. Cool. Um, those are very exciting for me.
0: Sweet. Perfect. Great picks. Two on very different spectrums, which is what this mm-hmm. podcast is all about, given mm-hmm. the episode we just did. So thank you, Audra.
1: Not a problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Again, I'm Bear Boswell, and thank you so much for checking out this podcast. You can support us by subscribing to us on your chosen podcast player. We put this podcast out for free every 2 weeks. So, if you want to give back, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to see a 5-star review. You can catch us on Twitter at DEFilmPod, where you'll find announcements for episodes Me tweeting screenshots of movies, saying happy birthday to actors, and just really talking about anything movies on there. I mean, it's a movie podcast, so I have nothing else to talk about. So please talk about movies with me. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, great. If you didn't, that's okay, too. If you want to express your thoughts and give us an email and let us know if there's any other movies that you think we would like, uh, get in touch via email at defilmpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Double Exposure. Tune in next week where we try to view two more random films through the same lens. Goodbye.